Good evening and welcome to a Sunday, September the 11th edition of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host, Kurt Chamberlain. Uh, I'm not with your co-host, Pastor Dick Chamberlain, however. Uh, We usually do his segment of the podcast at his home. Uh, We are currently at my abode, and I'm on Ring Central with Mr. Lucas Doremus. prolific author and uh and bible study lover this guy uh i don't know many people that love actually the actual study of god's word more than lucas does and i I really appreciate that about him and uh it because of it he he ends up with some great coming out with some great writing also and and we'll talk about in fact, I'm going to let him, I, I demand that he talk about his new book uh, here in just a couple of seconds. Uh, but we want to remind you that we've been gone for a while, uh, but we plan to tonight finish up uh, Lucas's study on First Thessalonians tonight. I think we're going to wrap that up tonight and we'll move on, I'm assuming, to Second Thessalonians. Lucas, correct? Absolutely. Okay, which which will be every bit as good, uh, but for now, let's. Uh, and then now that the introduction is over, I'd like to hear a little bit about your latest book. What what's it called, and uh, what's it about, and why did you decide to write this all of a sudden? <laughs> Uh, the new book just came out a couple weeks. It's available online or through me. It's I've called. I've got a copy. That's right. (laughs) It's called Deceiving by Signs, um, a study of the power signs and lying wonders in the Bible. And uh, how that came up is way back in January, I was thinking about new series to do for this podcast and uh, something I've been interested in and and is kind of the, you know, studying it through the Bible is the supernatural, the paranormal, uh, the occult, um, whatever you want to call that. And so I was thinking about doing a series for this. And I decided, you know, I've done a lot of research on this. I've done a lot of study. I've heard a lot of people talk about it. I'm going to go back to the Bible, kind of forget most of what I know about it and just restudy it. Yeah. And so I got my big verse list um, of all the verses that talk about, you know, Satan's and demons and signs and wonders and all these things. And I thought, you know, I've got enough verses here. Why don't I start writing some of it down? It'll help me prepare for the podcast. I might get 15,000, 20,000 words, uh, you know, and that'll be cool, but I'll be ready for this series. Well, I ended up getting about 55,000 words, um, <laughs> which is a decent sized novel. So we ended up turning it into a book. And so uh, the, uh, the, the thesis verse, I'm not sure what you'd call it, is actually from Second Thessalonians. And so this, the book, Deceiving by Signs, um, over the past two years, you know, there have been a very big interest in kind of specifically the one world government part of the oh, tribulation. Indeed, um, there have been, yes. That one world government, the political aspect of what's going to book uh, is more focused on the spiritual, supernatural aspect of what's going to say the false prophet's going to do. 
um, the right. signs the signs that God is going to do, and Satan is going to have a lie ready uh, to deceive people with for what those signs really are. Uh-huh. Um, and how we're seeing the, I, I think, if you study the Bible from start to finish, you see this crescendo of demonic activity and Satan being mentioned and Satan being involved. Oh, and, yeah. so I, and so I think just as we're seeing things like uh, cashless societies, um, you know, a, a control of the economy and the ability oh, yeah. to buy and sell, uh, we've seen that. And oh, I think yeah. we're going to see a rise in these power signs and wonders also. Absolutely. So that's what the book is. Uh, it was a lot of fun to write. Boy, I learned a lot. Um, and so, you know, it's it's out there. If you just search my name, Lucas Dreamus, Deceiving by Signs, it'll pop up on some of the major bookstores. Sounds so. fantastic. I, I myself just started reading it. Uh, things have been a little busy. I was ill for a while and, and uh, getting things back on track now. So uh, I just began reading it. I, I'm not out of the second chapter yet. So, uh, but from what I'm reading so far, this is going to be a, Quite the fun read. I mean, if you're an avid Bible student, especially, uh, you'll love this read because you'll you'll be able to tell that Lucas went through a, a lot. <laughs> he went to a lot of of trouble studying, but but for us, it's not trouble. It's just a heck of a lot of fun. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. And the you know, it's I kind of view the books I write. Uh, I got four out now. The, the the way I really view my books, Curtis, all I'm doing is organizing biblical material. Yeah. Uh, the important book is the Bible. Oh, absolutely. Um, but, you know, as, and actually, this podcast, we're going to go into a little of kind of how exactly I view what I do. Um, you know, the main book is the Bible. But if you need help organizing some of the Bible, hey, uh, this book is a good one on that kind of thing. Absolutely. I, at least I think it's good. I wrote it. so I... <laughs> it, it's good. It, it is. It is good. It's great <laughs> reference material, brother. Yeah. So, so don't stop writing. Don't stop mm-hmm. writing. Yeah. So uh, I think we're going well, to let's go ahead and start. Uh, we're going to finish up First Thessalonians, as Curtis said earlier, um, and we're all the way in chapter five, verse 12. Um, right. Just right. as kind of kind of a summary, if I if you read chapter or yeah, chapter five, verse 12 through 22, this is like just a bang, bang, bang. Do this, do this, do this. Um, if you read this every day and took it to heart, boy, you'd be a pretty sanctified person, I think. I think so, um, too. I think. I think your sanctification would be almost complete. Yeah, th- this list is very good. Um, it, it and so, really is. And so, I mean, you could just read this. It's pretty plain, but we're going to go ahead and expand on some of the concepts, um, you know, cause, just because we can. and We have the time, and again, we're going to get to why we're doing that in a, in a while. And so in verse 12 and verse 13, let's go ahead and read those. Uh, it says, And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. Um, now, I think when Paul is writing this letter, things were going quite well in the Thessalonian church. Um, I, if I remember right, I don't really remember one negative thing in the whole book of First Thessalonians about that church. Um, um, I don't either, to be honest. Yeah, I, I don't think so. Now, in the Second Thessalonians, there's a couple things he does. Um, so, so there's some things that he had to correct. But right now, it's going very well. And so, and so these two verses, um, 
Notice that it's talking about people who are over you. Now, back then, that could have been a master-slave uh, type of interaction. Mm -hmm. um, it could have been the elders of the church uh, and yeah. the lay people, um, which is still very applicable today. Um, right. It could have been an employer, not necessarily a slave situation, but you know, True. a boss, subordinate position. So I think that's very good for us people that aren't in management. Um, I've been in management. I've been out of management. And it's a good thing to always look at the people who are over you and encourage them, admonish them, uh, recognizing for them for the good work they do and esteem them very highly. Now, uh, unfortunately, I know I've had bosses, and I'm sure you've had too, that it, that's difficult to do um, oh boy. sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's an encouragement for those subordinates to be doing this, to recognize the good. And it's also an encouragement to the bosses to say, boy, if I'm not doing things that are worthy of being admonished or esteemed. <laughs> right. Yeah. How come I'm not here and we're compliments with you? Yeah. What am I doing wrong? Yeah. yeah, and in and in all cases, that last part, be at peace among yourselves. Mm -hmm. um, boy, Curtis, it's easy to complain about management. Uh, sometimes too easy. Yeah, too easy, and uh, and I've been there, and I'm sure my employees complained about me. Um, you know, be at peace among yourselves. I'm not sure what <laughs> other than I don't know. Just let's be at peace. Yeah. Keep the infighting down. We, we need no we need no casualties in, in this army. Yes, that's, yeah, that, that's <laughs> that'd be a good way to say it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, verse fourteen. Um, now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all. So notice we've got unruly, uh, faint-hearted, and weak, and we treat each of them a little bit differently. Those who are un those who are unruly, uh, we need to warn them, <laughs> uh, you are being unruly, you will get consequences for what you do, either natural or divine ones. <laughs> what, uh, well, wait a minute. Look, in context, let's look at that word and ask the question, well, what is unruly consistent? Uh, unruly, the uh, root word actually means unarranged. Oh. As in their lifestyle would be haphazard. Helter-skelter. Um, mm -hmm. They wouldn't Skelter. be taking care. Yep, they wouldn't be taking care of themselves. Uh, they're making bad decisions. They're not doing the things they need to do. Um, and that word, since we're on it, that word "warn," it literally means to put in mind. Yeah. To try well, to make them think about it. Mm -hmm. So, if, if there are unruly people in the church, then doesn't that denote that they're I mean, we, we know for a fact that in the book of Hebrews, it says God is not the author of confusion. So there shouldn't be any confusion or chaos in the church, really. Yeah, and I think there that... is. If there is, it's a, it's a definite indicator that there's something in there that shouldn't be in there. Yeah, I think that's First Corinthians, the reference you're thinking of there about God I'm not sorry, being the author sorry, of confusion, but of peace. I'm sorry, yep. it is First Corinthians. Yep, 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 that's right. Yep. And so, yeah, there, there's a lot to say about being organized. Um, yes. You know, and so, you know, we're all, you know, all of us have some measure of unruliness, um, but there's a lot to say for being arranged and organized. Um, yeah. And a church definitely should be so. Let all things be done decently and in order, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, comfort the faint hearted. Uh, 
that word there, faint-hearted, means a little spirited. <laughs> so comfort them, help them with their spirit, um, and uphold the weak. Help the weak. You know, the easiest way, if, if somebody can't lift something because it's too heavy, what do you do? <laughs> you help them pick it up. You get on the other end and say, let me help you. Yeah, that's maybe the easiest way to describe it, and that's how we're supposed to act. You know, the original word here in the King James for this, it says comfort the feeble-minded. Mm -hmm. hmm. So, I don't know, you know, what, what the relationship is to this, but uh, feeble-minded kind of puts me to mind of maybe somebody who's who's uh, not completely and soundly educated yet in, in, in the scriptures, possible. Could be. Maybe they're struggling with something and they just don't understand, or yeah, who knows? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So um, we, we, it would behoove us to, to recognize that in our churches, you know, if there are those that are that seem to be uh, not exactly sure or confused, we need to pay particular attention to that and help them. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, to, to conclude what we just were saying in the verse, be patient with all. Yeah. Uh, those that are unruly, give them time. Yeah. Warn them, but don't them expect them to immediately change. Help them. Right. Uh, the faint-hearted don't expect to just say, hey, I'm praying for you, and then everything to be okay. Right. Uh, you know, uh, uphold the weak. Don't expect them to be strong without some time. You know, be patient with all. Mm -hmm. um, all right. Uh, verse 15. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good both for yourselves and for all. Now, that's pretty clear. Uh, turn to Romans chapter 12, I believe. Um, he's going to say verbatim, essentially the exact same thing, but elaborate on it a little bit. Um, Romans chapter 12, verse 17, it says, repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Boy, that sounds a lot like what we just read. Um, verse 19, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place for wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Uh, now, as I was preparing for this, I got to thinking, I, I believe the, the Bible is the only religious book that actually says when somebody does something wrong to you, actually be nicer to them because God's going to take care of it in the end. I believe it is the only book, the only um, theological book that, that states that, that particular mm -hmm. principle that way. Yeah, I mean, other books, they might say do something back, or maybe karma's going to take care of it, um, or or even just be agnostic and try to have peace within yourself, I mean, some <laughs> sort of thing. Yeah, uh, but, yeah. but the Bible actually says, hey, when they're mean to you, actually be, actually be nicer, because that's going to increase their judgment. <laughs> And it will, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, now, I kind of wondered, uh, that, that last verse there, it's actually a quote of Proverbs. And in Proverbs uh, 25, 21, 22, it says the same thing. 
Mm-hmm. For so you will heap coals of fire on his head. But right. Paul leaves out the last line, which says, and the Lord will reward you. Yeah. So I don't know why God had Paul leave that out, but it is true. This little section, repay no one evil for evil, all that stuff. Uh, God will reward you for it. Yeah. Maybe not on earth. <laughs> yeah, you may not really, yeah. Yeah. Uh, sure you won't receive much reward here anyway yeah it's it, it's possible but uh but he will and that's what you got to look forward to all right back in first thessalonians now these next uh three verses uh again very very clear but i noticed a pattern here so this is first thessalonians 5 16 it says rejoice always gosh what better advice can we have uh, verse 17, pray without ceasing. Uh, I think I mentioned it before. If there's one thing I struggle with, it's praying a lot. Um, and then in verse 18, and everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Uh, turn to Philippians chapter four. So we've got rejoicing, uh, pray without ceasing and giving thanks. Those three things. Now, Paul actually ends or, or puts this type of idea in the salutation of three different letters he wrote. In Philippians right. 4, verse 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious yeah. for nothing, but in everything, prayer and supplication mm-hmm. with thanksgiving. Yeah. Let, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So it says the same thing and even elaborates on it a little bit. Sure does. Go to Colossians chapter 4. So again, this is in the Salutations. Uh, yeah. uh, Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, it says, Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, so this is just a common thing, rejoicing, giving thanks, uh, and praying without ceasing. Uh, we should be doing that all the time. Um, and I think, you know, uh, the, the more I've, so, you know, we've got the Lord's Prayer, right? Yeah. And it starts off, you know, hallowed be your, or, uh, boy, again, now I'm on the spot. I can't even remember it. Uh, our Father, which our Father art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Um, I end up. You know, when you pray that, hallowed be your name, you should elaborate on that. You should. Because when you talk about a name, it's a lot of it has to do with ability. That's right. And so when we say hallowed be your name, how great, how hallowed your name is. That's right. We, sh- we should start thinking about all the things God's done. Well, we should immediately go to theological history, Bible history, <laughs> and let's study the, the Hebrew language, the there were so many names for for God in Hebrew, and all of them pertain to different abilities or different missions that that uh, different different aspects of God's personality. Sure. Mm-hmm. And boy, when you think about all those things, I don't mm-hmm. think you can help but be thankful. Uh, oh, amen. You know, um, sometimes we just <laughs> my uh, my wife got out our wedding videos, Curtis, today, and we yeah. were watching them, and uh, we were watching them. And my younger son, he's six, he starts just bawling, and we just like, buddy, what is it? And he starts crying, and eventually he gets to the thought. He, he can tell us. He goes, "I'm just crying because if you guys never got married, I wouldn't have ever been born." 
Wow. And I think, well, that's a big thought for a six-year-old, but, that is. you know, let's just think about God and creation. Aren't you glad he created you and you know everything else? Yeah. <laughs> you know, for all the toil life is, and it is, by the way, it's our fault. Um, aren't you thankful? <laughs> yeah. It is our fault, but and, and yes, but I, I'm still thankful for it. Yeah, you bet. All right. So, all right. Uh, verse 19, uh, do not quench the spirit. Ooh, this is a big one. Um, go this to Ephesians. Yeah, go to Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, let's talk about mm. the word quench. Ooh, boy. Um, and I think that you know the verse I'm talking about, Curtis. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16, it says, Above all, this is in the yeah. armor of God part, yes. taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench uh, all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Yeah. That word quench just means extinguish. It does. To, to put out a fire, you know, whatever it is. Um, you know, I it, it apparently is possible to completely shut out the Holy Spirit from having an effect on your life. Absolutely is possible. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, I'll just tell you a very, I'll give you a quick example. Uh, I, I had some marriage difficulties some years back. Uh, we were, we were attending a Bible believing Baptist church at the time. And, and, um, we underwent a separation for a while, and the things were pretty bad. And uh, during that time, I was having some particularly um, not malevolent, but the, the, I was not very happy with with my wife, and uh, I was actually a little resentful, more than a little, and. Uh, during that time that I was feeling that way, I did not attend church. And I'll tell you why. Uh, I, I had the pastor come by my house and say, you haven't been there in three weeks. And I said, that's right. And I should have called you and told you. I said, to me, it's, it's important not to quench the spirit. I don't want my attitude uh, hurting somebody else at church. I just don't, I, I don't want to do that. And he said, well, brother, I love you. <laughs> he said, yeah, I know you need some Sometimes, though, take your time, and when you're feeling better, come on back. We can hardly wait to get you back. So it, it, you can you can make the Holy Spirit a non-effective presence mm -hmm. if you have the wrong attitude. You do. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I was being very hateful, and, and I didn't <laughs> Who knows? Maybe there was somebody sitting in the next pew that was getting ready to get married. And if I said something negative out of my hateful attitude about marriage, it may harm them. Mm -hmm. It may harm what the Lord wants, though, what the Holy Spirit wants to do in their lives by bringing them together. And this is what quenching the Spirit means. You can make the Holy Spirit non-effective mm -hmm. with your bad attitude. Yeah. Yep. And, and when that's happening for people... We need to not question whether they're really believers or not. That's right. We need to do what Paul just said is be patient. Be patient and pray for them. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah, it's it's very possible to quench the Spirit. Um, go to Ephesians, I think it's 4, yeah, Ephesians 4.30. Here's something else you can do to the Holy Spirit. It says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Oh, yeah. Grieve, yeah. you know, make very sad, because I think when you do quench yeah. the Spirit, I think pretty clear the Holy Spirit's not very 
pleased about that. He's very grieved oh. over it. Yes. Um, now, if you needed a reason here, the end of the verse says, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. That's correct. You know, yeah. it's the Holy Spirit saying, hey, you're glorified. You're going to heaven. Yeah. Don't. Don't do that. <laughs> Why would you not treat me this way? I'm helping you. Yeah. I, I did yeah. For you. Come on. I know. I'm right here. Uh, you know, the beginning of Ephesians says we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. That's Everyone, true. every, all. Right. <laughs> you know, right. just waiting to give us it. Uh, turn to Hebrews chapter 10. Uh, now, now, Hebrews, uh, this is one of those epistles. Curtis, that I had to go in and uh, I had to buy a commentary for. Uh, <laughs> Hebrews, well, it, Hebrews yeah. is a very Jewish book, obviously, oh, by the name oh, of it. Extremely. Um, we Gentiles, we have a tough time understanding this book. Um, the one I would recommend, it's by a, a what, what you would call a Messianic Jew. He's Jewish and he's a believer. His name is Arnold Fruchtenbaum. Oh, yeah. and, he, and he wrote a commentary on Hebrews. It's excellent. Yeah, I've read um, it. I read Arnold Fruchtenbaum's work on Hebrews. Yeah. Excellent, excellent commentary. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, the, when we go into this, this passage in Hebrews, uh, the thing to remember about this is the people the author of Hebrews is writing to, they are believers. They are. They are, and that's very clear throughout the book, even though he's about to say something that— that face value sort of sounds like you could yeah. either lose your salvation or you're not saved. It, it can be a little bit confusing. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why context is very, very important when you're reading Hebrews. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to go to Hebrews 10, verse 26. Mm -hmm. And it says, For if we sin willfully after we have uh, received the knowledge of the truth, um, notice they've received the knowledge of the truth already, meaning they're saved. Yes, they're saved. Um, and there's lots of other proofs, but I'm not going to go into that right now. Uh, it, it'd be a good thing to study later. <laughs> um, it says there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but right. a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation, which will devour the adversaries. Mm -hmm. Anyone who has rejected Moses's law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Or of how much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing, and insulted the Spirit of grace? Oh, boy. Now, what he's saying here is he's pointing out that the same judgment and fiery indignation that God used in the Old Testament to devour the adversaries that same God is the God over you. That's right. Now, he's not saying you're going to hell. He's saying that same judgment from the same God exists. That's right. Um, verse 30, For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. Same verse that Paul quoted in Romans. Right. Says the Lord again, the Lord will judge his people. Yeah. So the same justice is on unbelievers. That same justice is on believers. Absolutely. Now, when I say the same justice, I don't mean the uh, the anger of God that's on the wicked every day because right. they're unsaved. That's right. I'm saying the same God is going to judge sin in a believer's life the same yeah. as he's judging sin in unbelievers' life. That's right. Correct. 
and uh, verse 31 it ends it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living god mm-hmm. um, the point here is um the author of hebrews is bringing up look there are consequences when you sin yeah and there are consequences whether you're a believer or not right um if i drink a whole lot of alcohol and i go and drive uh, God is not necessarily going to protect me from getting in a wreck just because I'm a believer. That's correct. And, and that's that's typically the simplest example I can use because when we sin, God's going to judge that sin. Oh, yeah. Now, we're already forgiven of all the sin that would send us to hell. That's right. But God's still judging our sin. We're, we might and lose rewards. Will, it will affect our reward. It will affect our reward, and it has the temporal consequences. Yes, of, I do something dumb, I have to deal with it in right. life. Right. So quenching the Holy Spirit, that's a serious thing. And the reason I'm bringing it up is sometimes, you know, you, me, you and me, Curtis, and Pastor Dick and, and JB, we're sometimes accused of not caring whether people sin or not because we say you don't have to do anything but believe when you save. Well, yeah, I've, I've, I've had that said to me before. Yeah, I've had that said to me, too. And so I'm making the point here that the Bible takes sin very seriously when you're a believer. And oh, so oh, do we. Absolutely. Now, it doesn't get you out of heaven. You're still getting in. You're still getting in. Mm-hmm. Once saved, but, always saved, folks. Mm-hmm. Don't forget but, that. But there's a consequence still, and you have to deal with that judgment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and like we just said, it's either loss of rewards or just the temporal consequences of you do something, you stub your toe, you get you, there's pain, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Uh, verse twenty. Do not despise prophecies. <laughs> uh, we've mentioned it very time, very a lot of times in this podcast. Prophecy is not talked about a whole. Well, okay, I'll say it like this. Prophecy is talked about in very in smaller circles within Christendom. Uh, agreed, and, and yeah. it's and it's focused on very heavily. But those circles and the number of people that do that are often quite small. Quite small. And so, uh, are, do the people that don't talk about prophecy do they despise it or hate it? Uh, maybe, maybe not. Generally, they're probably just apathetic and they don't want to be controversial. I find I find that most of them, and and they'll honestly tell you, I don't understand it. And if, it I don't understand, if I don't understand it, I don't want to hear. Yep there there was an article I read a while ago. It was probably last year sometime, and it was by a well-known creation ministry. Uh, if I said the name, most people would know what it is. Uh, it's actually not Answers in Genesis. If that was a name that came up, it's not that think, one. But it, I think it's, I know. I think I know the ministry you're talking about. Yeah, it, it maybe. Um, and they wrote an article about prophecy, uh-huh. and they basically that this article was taking a fence-sitting stance on everything in prophecy. Mm-hmm. And basically, by the end of the prophet, by the end of the article, all they could really say is, "Well, we know Jesus is coming back." Right. We don't know when, we don't know how, we don't know anything else about it, and that's all That's all we Christians really need to agree on. Everything else is just kind of small stuff. Now, what, well, was, interesting, what, what was interesting about that article was, because they're a creation ministry, those first three chapters of Genesis, yeah. they are extremely hard-lined on taking the correct interpretation of those first three chapters. No doubt. 
Right. And it makes the point, okay, why are you so concerned about the first three chapters, but not say the last two of the Bible? Why are we being so insistent about, uh, you know, it not being millions and billions of years, which I agree with, mm -hmm. but the prophecies about Jesus coming and the rapture, why do we just not care about those? Uh, because they don't affect your bottom line. Uh, it, it That could be part of it. Yep. Um, you know, I, I, there's, there's, I'm sure there's a plethora of reasons, but all I'm saying is this is saying to not despise prophecies here. Uh, turn to Revelation 22. Uh, Curtis, I know you know the verses I'm going to point out. Chapter 22, verse 7. Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of prophecy in this book. That's right. Uh, oh, verse 10. Uh, and he said to me, do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book. That's right. For the time is at hand. Uh, verse 18 and 19. For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. That's right. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. Um, God takes prophecy seriously. Oh, I... <laughs> That should be obvious from that passage right there. Yep. And I know I'm kind of proof texting here, but uh, Curtis, as you said, and actually I learned this from you, Curtis. I did not realize it. Revelation is the only book that has a blessing for those who read it. Specifically pointed out. Yep. Mm -hmm. The only one. Yep. It's obviously a blessing to read any book of the Bible. That's true. Absolutely. But Revelation is the only one that specifically points it out. That's right. And it says, um, I believe it says a special blessing. Uh-huh. And I think it says it more than once, too. But I just pulled out those couple verses. Um, the other thing about this uh, do not despise prophecies verses. Notice it doesn't say do not despise unfulfilled prophecies. That's right. It doesn't say that, does it? There are a lot of prophecies in the Bible that are already fulfilled. About two-thirds of them are mm -hmm. already fulfilled. Mm -hmm. We should study those and pay attention to those, too. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Don't despise prophecies. Um, verse 21. Let's move on. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. I think the King James says prove all things. Yes, that's um, like, yeah. I actually, I love both of those. Um, mm -hmm. I like the idea of testing it, putting it through tests. Absolutely. I love, I love the idea of proving it to be true. I love both those words there. Yeah, um, they both kind of encompass this. Uh, turn to Second Corinthians thirteen five. Uh, let's talk about some things to test. Second uh, Corinthians thirteen five. Oh man, I flipped way too far. Okay, Second Corinthians thirteen five. It says, "Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves." Now, this is not saying test yourselves whether you're saved or not. That's right. It's testing whether you are in the faith, as in walking by faith. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> are you doing? Are you being sanctified? Are you quenching the spirit? Are you rejoicing? Yeah. Are you walking outside the lines? Mm -hmm. Are you driving outside the line a little bit? Mm -hmm. uh, have, have you, is the road getting washboarded? There's a warning. Get back. Get back in line. 
Yeah. Yep. So oh, the yeah. idea, the, yep, the idea of going through your day and you yeah. know just going, did I really do that? Handle that situation right? Or yeah, that's, that's biblical, and that's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. Turn to turn to Romans sixteen. So not only do we test again, all means all, but let's point out a couple specifically. Romans sixteen verses seventeen. It says, "Now I urge you, brethren." Note those who cause divisions and offenses, mm. contrary to the doctrine which you learned, and mm -hmm. avoid them. Mm -hmm. So you have to learn doctrine in order to be able to note those. And if you're noting those and avoiding them, that would certainly be testing their doctrine. I would say so, yeah. So you're supposed to test yourself. You're supposed to test others. Uh -huh. now, now turn to First John. First John chapter four. Uh huh. It's verse one. It says, "Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits." Yeah. Um, there's a very large um, organization that, if they would have tested um, Moroni, uh, they probably wouldn't have ended up where they are today. Booyah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, just, you know, test yourself, test others, test the spirits. Um, and I'm, I'm sure, like, I'm sure. I'd like to remind that particular group you're talking about that, that uh, uh, a, a predominance of the letters in name Moroni uh, have a negative word in the English language in it. If you take the I off the all right, well, well let's move on. <laughs> Actually, I was going to say, Curtis, we love you guys, and if and if oh, you are part, and, yeah, and if you are part of the Mormon Church, we want to we want you to believe in the correct Absolutely. Jesus. We, you know. we just we, we're poking a little fun at it because, uh, well, you know, they do it. They do that to us too, I think. But uh, in fact, I've had them do it on my front porch. Mm -hmm. uh, they 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 get a little. A little upset if you disagree with them. You know. I've I've had that experience. Yeah. Um, and and you try to keep it civil, you know, with them. But uh, and sometimes I use humor to do that. But uh, which was what I just did. I attempted to do that just now. So, uh, but yes, and and you you are correct. We we need to to prove all things and hold fast that which is good. Yeah, exactly. And, and I was just going to conclude it yet. Once you prove it, once you test it, hold fast to it. Hang on. Yeah, don't, uh, don't be swayed. In, in a way, that's all you've got. <laughs> if, um, you, if you think yeah, about it. In almost every way, that's all you've got, really. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, verse 22, it says, abstain from every form of evil. Mm. That word form means appearance. Right. Uh, we just, I just had this, I said this to one of my sons the other day. They said something. I go, boys, even though something really isn't wrong, sometimes you need to even stay away from it because people could think you're doing something wrong. Mm, that's true. That's very true. Yeah. You know, and that goes with First uh, Corinthians 8, where he's talking about eating meat, sacrifice to idols, and oh, yeah. the, thing, the things we have liberty over, and there's liberty in Christ. Uh, sometimes you need to abstain from even the appearance of what might right. be considered evil. Yeah. Um, turn to Third John, uh, verse eleven. Well, there's a there's a book we don't talk about very often, uh, myself included. So, 
Uh, third John, verse 11, it says, Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. He who does good is of God, and he who does evil has not seen God. Uh, what he means by not seeing God is not know him. Uh, you know, not not act like him, not act like you know better, uh, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, I throw this in. Uh, this is sort of a, you know, kind of a proof text. I just, I'm going to throw it in here anyway. Uh, turn to Job chapter 31. Mm -hmm. I like this point Joe makes. Job chapter 31, verse 1, it just says, I have made a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I look upon a young woman? Uh, yeah. You know, it's it's one of those verses. <laughs> I think it's there for us men. You know, what, Joe, what, what Job is saying here is, look, I'm, I'm righteous that I don't even appear to even look at a younger woman to be accused of. Right. Whatever. Now, Job and his self-righteousness, you know, we could go into all that. But, you know, the point is just kind of this appearance of evil. We don't want to even be seen even doing something like that. No. Uh, now, it can be hard, uh, you know, but maybe one, one simple thing is when you go to the store, don't even look at the tabloid section. Right. Well, even look, e even if there's an interesting headline and you're very honestly looking at what this is, you know, there might be that other magazine right next to it. Yeah, it's hard like, to ignore a headline like the Queen of England is actually a lizard. <laughs> yeah, sometimes yeah, you go, what? Yeah, yeah, right next to it is, you know, something that's probably uh, mm -hmm. vile and and. Uh, yeah. And of not of sound doctrine, and and that gets your attention too, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. So just again, I, I think this is just a seriousness of Paul taking yeah. sin and that sorts of things very seriously. Not that God doesn't forgive us all those things, but you know, just need to be careful. Yeah. Verse twenty three. Now may the God of peace sanctify you completely. Oh wait, we just went all that through all that stuff. All we're supposed to do, and who does all the work? <laughs> God does. Yeah. Well, it, it's just more evidence that that we're nothing without Him. You know, mm -hmm. we can we can follow the letter of the law, like the like the Old Testament Hebrews had to do. But in the end, it's God's judgment, and He gets to hold it over us. And and, mm -hmm. and let, listen, the quicker we realize that, uh, the better off we are. No, you know. Yep. If you're saved, it just affects your reward. It doesn't mm -hmm. affect your salvation. Yep. And no matter what it is, whether it's this abstaining from evil, praying without ceasing, being at peace with everybody, doesn't matter yeah. any of the things in this chapter. God's the one that's going to sanctify you. And, right. uh, you know, when I, I remember as a younger man hearing people say that and always wondering what they actually meant. Uh -huh. um, and, you know, yeah. sometimes it can be hard to define. Um, all I'll throw out here is, you know, if you want to be sanctified completely and you want God to do the work, try reading the Bible for two or three hours a day. There you go. And uh, you would be amazed at what that does to your thinking. Oh, indeed. Um, so anyway, I just wanted that's just a practical example of what it means for God to be the one to sanctify you. Just trust him and say, God, I don't know what you want to do with me, but I'm just going to read for an hour. Yeah. And we, I think we'd be amazed how God uses that to sanctify us. Okay. And go. may, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, 
God wants us to be blameless. He does not want us to sin. Right. And he gives us a whole lot of admonitions of how to do it. And in the end, God is actually the one sanctifying us. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love that. Uh, verse 24, he who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. <laughs> as, as if you might have doubted, wait, God, you don't know. No, no, he's faithful. He'll do it. <laughs> so always rest on that. You want to be sanctified? God will do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God will do it. Um, verse 25, brethren, pray for us. It is absolutely appropriate to ask for prayer. Uh, indeed it is. And, and, and you know, if, uh, the apostle Paul, as sanctified as the guy must have been, if he's asking for prayer, boy, how much more do I need it? <laughs> for sure. I mean, same goes for me. Yeah. Um, I sometimes say that, you know, people ask, well, can I pray for you about something? And sometimes I'll go, well, nothing specific, but I'll never turn down prayer. Amen to that, brother. (laughs) So, all righty, this next verse, boy, here's a fun one. And it's only repeated four times in Scripture. Um, Verse 26, greet all the brethren with a holy kiss. Yeah. Okay, now. I did some study on this. Uh, I could not find anything directly uh, to say that uh, this was something we should do today. Now, here's where I'm going to go with it, though. A, a kiss is a form of greeting. He says that, greet others. Now, if you watch you know, different movies, older movies, uh, you see people great, greet each other with kind of a kiss on each side of the cheek. Oh, yeah. uh, sort of and thing. It's still done today in certain cultures. Yeah, and it's still done today. And so um, doing some of this research back then, it was an appropriate way to greet each other Yeah, uh, with a kiss. And there was they wouldn't have really thought anything weird about that. Right. Um, so I think it now notice these the, all four times it repeats this greet each other with a holy kiss. It's always at the very end of a letter. And there's really no explanation to it. Right. And so, you know, just this idea of all Paul's doing is greet each other. Notice he puts in this word holy. Now, two two things could be going on here. Greet greet all the brethren with a holy kiss. What he's saying with a holy kiss is be appropriate. Yeah. In your in your greeting. Um, That could definitely be going on there. So uh, modern day. In America, that's where we are. Handshakes are more appropriate than a kiss. Now, be appropriate in your handshake. Don't be weird about it. Um, maybe don't do your crusher handshake. You know, right. uh, I don't know about you, Curtis. Anybody starts really squeezing my hand in a handshake, I go totally limp. I don't. I don't, I don't do that, but but I can understand the thought of doing it. It's just saying, well, okay, uh, <laughs> I, you you win this one. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm just uh, whatever. Okay. But don't tick me off. I'll shoot you later. You know? <laughs> My biceps don't enter into it. Okay. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. I got nothing to prove. So, why, why would I, you know? Exactly. Uh, for, for women, it's more appropriate to hug. Right. Uh, so be appropriate in your hugging. Um, you know, it can be appropriate for men and women to hug. Um, I know, sure. I do know a friend that uh, he doesn't hug anyone, uh, a, a woman front to front. 
if right. a woman if a woman goes in for a hug, he always goes on a side hug kind of thing. Nothing, nothing wrong and, with that. And, and yeah, I think that's very appropriate. I I think I that's actually a pretty good rule. Um, so what do you, greet each other with a holy kiss? Greet each other appropriately. Now, one other interesting thought I had, Curtis, and I don't know if this is what he means. I just think it's an interesting thought. Um, how did Judas betray Jesus? With a kiss. With a kiss. So it could be possible that, you know, Paul wrote this pretty close to when that happened, as in people would have still been alive when Jesus would have died. Um, he could be saying this to kind of redeem the idea of a kiss. Mm-hmm. Uh, that could be another thing going on there. Could be. It could be a sign of, it could be a sign of identification to mm-hmm. other people who are Christian but afraid to say so. Yeah. You know, oh, there's a Christian. Oh, yeah. They, they greeted yeah. each other with a holy kiss. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a secret handshake almost. Mm-hmm. Almost. Yep. So it's really, at the end of the day, it's saying greet each other appropriately. Yeah. Is ultimately yeah. what this is saying. And listen, you know, I don't know about you, Lucas, but, you know, I have male friends and acquaintances that that I I trust and I consider friends uh, who I will shake hands with with my right hand and reach up and hug them around the neck with, with my sure. left arm. And honestly, that if somebody just caught the tail end of it, that could look like a holy kiss. It's not, mm-hmm. but it could look like one. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I mean, and, and it's not an it's not inappropriate to to hug your brother like that. Nothing, nope. nothing wrong with that. Nope. So you know, given the amount of explanation this idea has, yeah, just greet each other appropriately, and I think that's about all there is to say about it. You know. Okay. All right. Verse 27. I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read to all the holy brethren. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I used to say to students I had, they would talk about how to read the Bible, or uh, I've listened to hermeneutics courses on how to interpret the Bible. Right. Um, and one thing I used to say, it's like, you want to understand the Bible, you just start reading it. Yes. Now, now there are places I would recommend to start that are probably better than others. Yeah, um, I, probably, I, I probably wouldn't start you and say Lamentations. No, um, or Leviticus. Or Leviticus. Um, yeah. Probably wouldn't start you in Hosea. That's kind of a rough, <laughs> maybe <laughs> yeah. a rough start. Yeah. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I would tell kids, just start reading. Yeah. Um, do we sit down? Do we look at the Bible as something just to read? No. Well, I'm speaking um, for myself. No. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see a lot of people doing that. Just yeah, I just, I just read the Bible for ten minutes because I enjoy reading that part. Um, well, there's nothing wrong with that either. Mm-hmm. However, your focus should be on uh, why am I reading it? Am I reading it for my pleasure, or am I reading it to learn more about Jesus Christ? Mm-hmm. Which would be God's pleasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So go, turn to Nehemiah. Um, so yeah, if you can, if you can do one thing, just just read. Um, sometimes <laughs> I would, t- you know, kids would ask about learning, you know, understanding a certain book, and I would say this. I'd say, okay, I want you to read it a bunch of times. Don't stop to study it. Don't get hung up on any certain verse or any certain passage. Just read it. 
And then once you start to understand the arc of the letter and everything saying, then yeah. go back and study all those places that you were hung up right, on. Right, right, right. So, so go to Nehemiah 8. Now, this is at the dedication, uh, you know, the Israelites coming back, and Ezra, the priest, is reading the law. So they're reading it in the hearing of the people. Go to verse 8 in chapter 8. It says, so they read distinctly from the book in the law of God, and they gave the sense and helped them to understand the reading. That's I kind of mentioned this when we were talking about my book earlier. This is how I view the podcast. All we are doing here, at least all, you know, we are trying to give the sense. Yeah. We are trying to give that additional help to help you understand the Bible better. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and then what that happens, verse 12, it says, And all the people went their way <clears throat> excuse me, to eat and drink, to send portions and rejoice greatly, because they understood the words. And uh, we sometimes you need some sense i mentioned it earlier i had to buy a commentary on hebrews sure but once you understand because you understand it so I, I just love that all right next verse uh what a way to end a book or if i can get to it verse 28 understand it's that grace that's right that's right so and i think that rounds out the book uh i tell you what a great study on first thessalonians well explained and uh you know i'm i'm grateful for for the study that you do it it, it helps still it helps me to learn some things too lucas so uh and i'm sure it helps some of our listeners and that's like you just said a few moments ago that's the main reason for us to do this is that we're trying to help people understand what the book says a little bit better. Get to know your Lord and Savior better. That's what Bible study is all about. Learn more about him whose grace is the only thing that can save you. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's the main point. That's what we try to do is try to understand God's grace. <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes that seems like an impossible task. If you know yourself pretty well, you'd be like, boy, yeah, uh, a little more grace, please, Lord. Sorry <laughs> about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, boy. So, yeah. uh, you know, it, it, this is a, a valuable tool that, that uh, uh, we hope other people are availing themselves of. And I, so thank you for the study that you've done on this. And thank you for sharing it with our audience, Lucas. Appreciate mm-hmm. it. Absolutely. It's been fun. Yeah. Now, we're going to close out tonight's show by reminding you that we will be, that we are changed over to a once a month format. Um, But uh, for for all three of our teachers, Lucas, Pastor Dick, JB, we're going to be doing once a month, usually the first uh, Saturday and Tuesday of every month. So uh, Lucas normally will have on Saturday night. We had some scheduling. challenges and we met those and we we were able to get together today at 4 p.m and do this uh praise the lord so uh uh be with us uh, be listening for us saturday evenings generally at seven but you know if if you don't hear us by eight o'clock 
just assume that we had maybe a little scheduling challenge uh, and, and we'll, we will be on it, though. We will get this to you. We will be faithful to do so. That's our promise to you. So thank you for tuning in with us and, and listening. And, and uh, we hope you were as blessed uh, in your listening as we were in the study and the teaching uh, of what we put out on this podcast. And, and um, we, uh, that, that's our main mission and goal is to, is to bless you and uh, to, uh, to get you better acquainted with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And if you're not saved, uh, the main focus would be uh, to really introduce you to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and then uh, let you know that there is a guidebook uh, for your Christian living and a way for you to get to know him even better. And that's what he desires more than anything. He wants all to be saved. Okay, he doesn't want anybody to perish, and we want to remind you of that too. So, uh, remind your your unchurched uh, friends and cohorts at work and and anywhere else that you meet them that God still loves them and He's willing to forgive them and uh, and and accept them into heaven. They just have to believe in Him. It's as simple as that. So, and that's only available through His grace, which is uh, a wonderful thing. I'm thankful for it 24-7. How about you, Lucas? Absolutely. All right. All right. So until Saturday morning, well, yes, until Saturday morning next month, yep. this, this is the Christian Underground News Network signing off. May God bless and keep you, and we will talk to you next month. Be there. <laughs>